your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to this Monday afternoon slash early evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes and follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. A lot to get into for today's episode. The sale was finally announced. The team does play tonight. We're going to go over a little bit of a couple of my takeaways from uh, the loss against Montreal on Saturday. And yes, uh, a player is getting very close to returning to the lineup. It is not Brian Russ. I'll also have an update on that. I still do not know what's going on with the third jerseys. I have definitely been bamboozled with that. I I will say that. So I apologize on that. So let's get into it. First off, so the Penguins' five-game winning streak was ended by the Montreal Canadiens on Saturday night, a 6-3 loss. I think Montreal had three empty netters, and that was the first time the Penguins have allowed three empty netters in the same game in franchise history. They, they have never done that before. So this franchise really does do some wild stuff basically every year. But I think the story from that game, it was Jake Allen. I mean, he was sensational for Montreal. The Penguins fired almost 50 shots on net. And he made some dazzling saves. I mean, there was one on Evan Rodriguez, I, I believe, in the third period. Just comes in, gets a beautiful pass, shoots it. Looks like it's going to go top cheese. Allen gets his glove up and just makes a remarkable glove save. Sid was also robbed a couple times. Gensel was robbed. Basically, every player on the team was robbed at least once by Jake Allen. The, the, the money puck deserved to win meter, which has been very prevalent on Penguins Twitter the last few weeks. Penguins had about an 81-82% chance to win that game out of a 1,000 simulations. And that's been a theme for a lot of these games. I understand a lot of people are going to be upset, you know, but they're not finishing their chances, all this stuff. But this team was just on a five-game winning streak. And they were finishing their chances at a pretty high clip. They were exceeding their expected goals for per amount on an every night basis. So again, I understand that people are going to point to this team not finishing their chances, but sometimes you really do have to pat the other goalie on the back and say, "Hey, man, GGs." That I mean, that that's just Jake Allen was that good. He was the only reason Montreal won that game. The Penguins were skating circles around them the entire time. They led in shot attempts for Corsi. They led in scoring chances for. They led in high danger. Casey DeSmith, I thought, was mainly fine. He was probably good enough to win the game. But when the team is not finishing on their chances, it's hard to have a backup goaltender who has not been good at all this season. And going back to last year, um, it's hard to have him stand on his head. And I just knew, you know, right when... It was still scoreless in the second period. I'm like, this is just screaming for the Habs to score first. And sure enough, they did. I know Pittsburgh was able to tie it back up in the third period thanks to Evan Rodriguez. He continues to be ridiculous this year. More on him in just a sec. I have some stats to throw out at you all that are probably going to blow you away. But outside of that, you know, Allen was just sensational. And he is the reason why Pittsburgh lost. There's really... Nothing deeper to go into than that. Sure, it's annoying to lose to a bottom feeder. I understand the Habs just made a lot of changes on uh, Sunday with Scott Mellenby out. Mark Bergeron is out. 
Uh, Jeff Gordon is in. They're they're looking for their next general manager. But overall, this team is still one five out of their last six games. They have a big road trip coming up. Let's see where that brings us, especially for tonight's game against the Calgary Flames. I really don't think it's the end of the world. I thought the Penguins played really hard in this game. It was nice to see Sidney Crosby get a goal. I think he's starting to turn it up ever, ever so slowly. He, his timing is still not all the way back just yet. But I liked the goal that he scored in the game on Saturday. Jeff Carter, he was able to score as well. I saw a couple takes on some message boards and um, you know Twitter. A couple other places are saying Carter was having a bad game or that he's been bad this year. I don't really know where that take is coming from. I mean, he's, been on, he's been on the ice for nearly 50% of the shot attempts, 50% of the scoring chances. A tad over 50% of the high danger uh, scoring chances for... He overall his production is at five goals and eleven points through eighteen games. He was never going to have the production that you saw last season, and that was just not going to carry over. There was going to be some form of regression one way or the other. And the production that I just outlined for you all that's perfectly fine in a third line center role. The Penguins were searching just so hard for that Nick Benito replacement. They finally have it, and now people are just kind of dumping on Carter for not doing what he did last year, this year. I mean, I just don't really understand that. He's been fine to me, and I think he's going to get even better once Evgeny Malkin does come back. More on him later on in the show. But again, as for Evan Rodriguez, I mean, this is just ridiculous what we have seen from him uh, so far. Um, if you go to Micah Blake McCurdy's stuff on HockeyViz.com, please subscribe to it if you have not, if you love analytics and all that. Um, the Penguins 5v5 offense with Evan Rodriguez on the ice. There have been 267 minutes when Erod has been on the ice. The Penguins expected goals for per 60, 3.93 plus 55%. There is a sea of red virtually everywhere in the offensive zone except towards basically right along the boards. Everywhere else, the slot... The center point, the circles right in front of the net, almost behind the net to the side of the net, is just a sea of red. And it goes to show how freaking good Rodriguez has been this year. When he is on the ice, the Penguins are driving play every single shift. And oh, believe me, there is more. So this comes courtesy now of Jay Fresh Hockey. He also does amazing work as well. Um, the expected goals for percentage leaders at 5v5 this season Evan Rodriguez, number one at 65%. Austin Matthews, a tick below him. Matthew Kachuk behind him. Elias Lindholm, Johnny Goudreau, Michael Bunting, and Jason Zucker right around 60%. So the Penguins have two players in the top 10 on Jay Fresh's expected goals for percentage uh, per 60 at 5v5 with Rodriguez leading the way at 65% this season. Now, again, there's also more stuff. This was tweeted out a couple of weeks ago. Um... This comes courtesy of Andy and Rono, Hockey Stats CZ on Twitter. Rodriguez was in the 95th percentile for defense, 82nd percentile for offense, 100th percentile for shot contribution, 89th percentile for shooting, 99th percentile for passing. Basically, he is just a man on a mission this year. He has not been one of the best players on the team. He's been one of the best players in all of hockey this season. And it's been comparable to Connor frickin' McDavid in multiple frickin' models. I mean, this is probably the greatest Mark Donk that we've ever seen with the Penguins, but this isn't just a flash in the pan that's you know gone on for three or four games. No, this has gone on for 20 frickin' games a season. The fact that he is 
um, on such a steal of a contract at not even a million per. I mean, that's just ridiculous. So he continues to kill it. I am so happy that he is playing on Sidney Crosby's line with Jake Gensel. Here's one more stat for you all before we get to commercial break. Um, during that game against Montreal, he was, uh, Everard Rodriguez was on the ice for one goal, 14 shot attempts for, eight scoring chances for, and had an 87.6% on ice expected goal share, tops on the team, and easily, again, his best game of his career. Just a flat-out amazing performance from Rodriguez and continues to be one of the best players in the league this season. I, I would hope that they can bring him back after this year, but with how this is going, he might price himself out of Fitzgerald and get a pretty nice substantial payday from a team that is in need of some more scoring. But that wraps up this first segment of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Again, no one really needs to get mad or anything. The Penguins are still in the playoff spot as of right now. Let's see what this road trip brings. We're going to do a small preview later on in the show um, for the Calgary Flames matchup on Monday night. Remember, it's a 9 p.m. puck drop. And then they'll also go to Edmonton on Wednesday to take on Connor McDavid and the Oilers. And remember, we still have a lot more injury updates to get to, including Brian Russ and Evgeny Malkin. We still have the official sale to get to with statements from Mario Lemieux and a whole lot more. But first, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends logging for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It is called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion to get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Pittsburgh did have a morning skate this morning for the game against the Flames, and Evgeny Malkin made his return to the team for the first time since he played Game 6 of the Stanley Cup playoffs against the New York Islanders. This is a very big step for Gino in his recovery process. Mike Sullivan even said so to the media today, saying, you know, the next and basically final step after this is getting him in a full contact practice where he's basically able to be in like a simulation of what an actual game would look like. I'm not sure when that final step is going to come, but with now December being just a couple days away, remember, this was the time frame that Ron Hextall gave during training camp. He said sometime in December, we're basically right there. So I don't know if that's going to be Christmas time, mid-December, a week from now. I'm not sure. But the fact that he is back skating with the team signals to me that it's probably a couple of weeks away at the very most, maybe a bit sooner. He wasn't participating in line rushes or anything today, but he was still, looks like he was skating with authority, firing a lot of pucks on net. It's just good for him to be back with his teammates just because he's missed so much time this year already. But just huge news. It's going to make the team so much better. I will never listen to people who think the team needs to trade Evgeny Malkin or you know the team is just better off without him. Those people are just... A bunch of naysayers and I think a bunch of Fairweather bandwagon fans, to be honest with you. He makes the team better. 
point blank. I am so excited to see him back in the lineup here, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Um, now with the bad injury news, Brian Russ, he will be out again tonight and for the foreseeable future. He is week to week with a lower body injury per Mike Sullivan. Um, so he is back in Pittsburgh. He did not even go on the trip, actually. So um, that is definitely not the greatest news, especially since he just came back from a lower body injury. Uh, Josh Yowie was speculating on this in his article in The Athletic a couple days ago. And I was saying before he wrote that as well, that it definitely seems like it might be related to that previous injury. Maybe he re-aggravated it. I'm not really sure, but um, it seems like he just fell down in warm-ups and then all of a sudden he's out of that game and now he's week to week. It definitely seems like something is up with that previous injury that he just must have bothered and now he's week to week with that same injury. I wish him the best in his recovery. He was starting, I think, to really turn a corner this season, especially with that goal against the Vancouver Canucks where he basically looked to the heavens and was like, okay, I finally scored. I got that monkey off my back. And then when it looks like he's going to play against the Islanders uh, late last week, healthy scratched right away. So the injury bug has come back a little bit for the Penguins, but right now this is still relatively a healthy team minus him and Gino. And I think at this point Gino might be back before Russ, which is crazy to think about considering Gino has been out for the first few months of the season. Now in terms of lines for what you will see, uh, so Drew O'Connor was recalled from Wilkes-Barre. does not look like he will play tonight, though. Jake Ensel, Sidney Crosby, Evan Rodriguez on the top line. Jason Zucker, Jeff Carter, Kasperi Kapanen on the second line. Dominic Simone, Brian Boyle, Danton Heinen. And then the regular checking line of Aston Reese, Bluger. Um, again, defensively, no change there. Dumoulin, Latang, Pedersen, Reno, Matheson, Ruedel, and Tristan Jari will 100% be getting the start tonight. He was just named the second star of the week for his performances. Congratulations to him. He is having an amazing season thus far, and I hope it continues tonight against Calgary. And now, again, that just brings up to the second and final matchup between these two teams. Remember, Calgary blanked Pittsburgh 4-0 on October 28th at PBG Paints Arena. That was basically known as the Jacob Markstrom game. I thought Pittsburgh played pretty okay in that game, but Markstrom was just ridiculous for the Flames, and he has been insane for them all season. There was a bit of a drop-off for him last year where his save percentage was right around the 900 mark, but right now uh, it is at basically 940. In terms um, of permoneypuck.com, he ranks, let's see here, he ranks sixth overall in goals saved above expected, 9.7. Tristan Jari, 9.8. He is top five in goals saved above expected. Only Frederick Anderson, Igor Shesterkin, Jack Campbell, and Sergey Bobrovsky are above him. So this is this matchup is shaping up to be quite their goaltender's Duel tonight, both goalies have a save percentage on unblocked shots, 964. The expected save percentage on unblocked shots, 953 for Jari, 952 for Markstrom. Um, Jari's regular save percentage is 936 compared to Markstrom's 937. Um, the stats are basically identical um, at anything you look at. So beating Markstrom will be priority number one for Pittsburgh tonight. But this Flames team is also ridiculously good analytically. They have 54% of the expected goals. That's one of the better marks in the league for actual goals per money puck at 5v5. They have 65.6% .6 of the actual goals. That is one of the best marks in the league. I am scrolling through money puck right now, and there is not a better team in terms of actual goals for than the Calgary Flames this season. So um, this is a very dangerous team. 
on the offensive side. We all know what Matthew Kachuk can do. Johnny Goudreau is one of the more underrated players in the league. And here's one interesting stat for you. Andrew Mangiapane, he has 15 goals in almost 20 games this year. The dude is riding a 30% shooting percentage. That is going to regress to the mean very aggressively at some point, but he has been red hot to start the year, no pun intended, with the Flames. Elias Lindholm, he's been ridiculously good this year. Mikhail Backlund, you always got to watch out for him. Blake Coleman, of course, is there. Sean Monahan in the bottom six. Milan Lucic is on the fourth line. Tyler Pitlick, Dylan Duby. Uh, Noah Hannafin, Rasmus Anderson on the top pair. Chris Tanev, he's also had a pretty decent year after a rejuvenated season last year. Oliver Killing Shillington, excuse me. Um, the team still employs Eric Goodbranson. It is crazy how good the Flames are while icing Goodbranson on an every night basis. It, it's actually crazy to me how that continues to happen. But this team is very high up in the league on almost every metric. Again, shot attempts for Corsi, 54.4% of those. They have a plus 21 goal differential. Um, it, it is ridiculous how good the Flames are this year. It's definitely something I also did not see coming. I had this team kind of on the outside looking in. I will take the L on that. I'm eating all the crow right now. Their goals against per 60, 1.35. Their goals for per 60, 2.58. Uh, so they are not giving up a lot the other way. And they're also scoring at a pretty decent clip this year. So this is going to be a very tough matchup for Pittsburgh to win. In terms of this Western Canada road trip, I would put this game over Edmonton in terms of how tough this one will be. I think they can definitely take down the Oilers. I don't think they're good defensively. Goaltending-wise, there are a lot of questions there. I know McDavid and Drysaddle are ridiculous. But outside of them, um, they have a lot of depth concerns. Vancouver has a lot of problems. Pittsburgh was, has just finished up beating them last week. Seattle has really struggled this year. Then they somehow, for some reason, they have a game against Washington to end the trip, which, I, again, I don't really understand that. But this is definitely, I think, going to be the toughest game of the road trip tonight for the Penguins. We'll see what happens with that at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Hope you all have your coffee ready. It's going to be a good one. I love seeing these two teams go at it. Uh, coming up in the next segment, we're going to have more details on the Penguins' official sale. It has been announced by the Penguins organization. There were statements from a whole bunch of parties today, including Mario Lemieux. We're going to get into those coming up here in the next segment. Before I do that, though, uh, Bet Online it has you covered for all seasons sports-wise, and that means more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. You can head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive that bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, it's here, everyone. The best Monday of the year, Cyber Monday. And Built.com is the place to aim your mouse. You can get at least 20% off everything delicious and healthy. That is 20% off site-wide and even bigger discounts on Built Boost, Broth, and Built Swag. A brand new Built Bar flavor has landed just in time for Cyber Monday. It is the Caramel Almond Delight. It delivers everything it promises. There's caramelized chocolate, Almonds, delightful. It's, be sure to get those before they're gone. They have 150 calories and 17 grams of protein. And for this season, maybe you're craving white chocolate. 
For a limited time, you can get a special new Built Bar Puffs flavor, white chocolate cheesecake. The yummy portion treat filled with marshmallow center covered in white chocolate has 140 calories and 17 grams of protein. Get to Built.com right now for these incredible tasting new bars and 20% off everything. Head to Built.com and enter code LOCKED20 before it is too late. All right, so welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. The biggest news, I think, with the franchise today, the Penguins and the Fenway Sports Group have officially announced the purchase agreement as, Fen- as the Fenway Sports Group will be taking over as the majority ownership group of this franchise. Mario Lemieux put out a very beautiful statement, I thought, to all of the fans and just the people that follow the team. Um, he says here, Ron Borko and I have reached agreement with the Fenway Sports Group to sell a controlling interest in the Pittsburgh Penguins hockey team. We want everyone to know that we would only enter a partnership of this magnitude with leaders who share our, our values. Over the years, we have been approached multiple times by various groups interested in purchasing our team, but we never found the right fit. In Fenway Sports Group, however, we met an experienced group of leaders with a passion to win championships and a vision that aligns with ours. Just as importantly, they have, at their core, a stewardship philosophy rooted in local community impact and investment. It is a winning combination. As this new chapter begins, this is the big kicker. I'm happy to tell you that Ron and I will both remain part of the ownership group for the last 22 years. We have shared a special bond that allowed us to work so well together, keeping the team in Pittsburgh, build a new arena, and bring home three Stanley Cups. I will continue to be active and involved with the team long-term, help to oversee and guide the operation just as I always have. In addition to continuing my role, there will be a continuity of leadership with the club's senior management under David Morehouse, Brian Burke, Ron Hextall, and Kevin Acklin. I have been fortunate to be part of the Penguins organization for more than half my life, and I've had the unique privilege of your incredible fan support as a player and an owner. Together with our new partners, we work tirelessly to continue to make you proud and bring another Stanley Cup back to Pittsburgh. It's just a beautiful statement, I thought, there from Mario. Everyone knows how much he does mean to not just the organization, but the city as a whole. And hopefully this puts to bed the weird... Not they should, aren't even rumors. I think they're just crap posts of people saying that this ownership group is going to move the team. I mean, the lease with PPG Paints Arena is still 2040. Mario would not have just sold a controlling interest um, of his beloved franchise to a group that would just move them to Hartford or Hartford, excuse me, or Kansas City or something like that. I think if you're staying Kansas City or any one of those other sites, you're just being ignorant, at least in my opinion. And the final step will now be an NHL Board of Governors meeting. Um, I believe this weekend where they will finalize the sale. Dayan Kovacevic has officially reported it will be a $900 million sale for this team. And again, as the Penguins' um, Twitter account says, it's expected to close before the end of the year. It should be um, after this weekend. Um, I saw a funny tweet here from Jesse Marshall. My favorite part of the replies to the announcement is a bunch of Liverpool supporters fresh off a title courtesy of this ownership group coming in to warn the Penguins fans all while exhibiting a complete misunderstanding of salary caps in the American sports structure. Yeah, I mean, the soccer with the English Premier League compared to the NHL um, in North America, it's two completely different leagues, one with a very different salary cap and a whole bunch of other jazz. So that's really going to be something that I don't think anyone should worry about. Chris Letang spoke to the media about the deal. He said it's the business side of the game. When you hear that Mario and Ron will still be part of ownership, it is a relief. I grew a relationship with both of them. I'm pretty sure it's a good business move for them too. I'm happy for them. And that's a great statement, especially from a player um, that's not just a core player for this team, but someone that 
he's going to have contract negotiations really soon if he's not in them already. You know, what's this going to look like towards the end of the year when he is negotiating, potentially ending his career? with the Penguins. So I thought that kind of statement was definitely really positive from Tanger. And as for the people that, you know, are, de- are a bit nervous that Latang is not going to come back to the team, um, if he's feeling pretty relieved, I think you all should as well. You know, I'm sure Mario and Ron will go to bat for him once these negotiations come up with Fenway Sports Group. I'm sure everyone will have conversations. Ron Hextall will be involved in those. All that jazz. And finally, Ron Hextall spoke to the media, uh, not Ron Hextall, excuse me, Mike Sullivan spoke to the media today and said that Hextall and Burke addressed the players this morning. He also had a conversation with the owners at the top before he took the ice for practice. These owners have a proven record. They are in it for the long haul, and it is a win-win for everyone involved, in my opinion. So everyone within the organization definitely seems to be really happy about this move with the Fenway Sports Group. Nothing much is really going to change. The team is still going to be the same. They're still probably going to spend to the salary cap almost every year that they want to contend. The ownership group at the top, they love using analytics, I believe, or at least that is what some Liverpool supporters and some Red Sox supporters, um, or some of my friends that support those two teams have told me. And as long as Mario is there and is going to be involved in the day-to-day operations with the team, again, I can't see too much changing. It's just for the business side of the franchise and I'm excited for them to own the team for the foreseeable future. That will do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I appreciate all of you listening to this one. We'll have another episode tomorrow as a game recap to the Flames one. I was originally going to think about doing something as a game recap, but then I realized that the game would probably end around 1130, and I'm like, I'm not going to be able to crank out an episode that quick. So I'm just going to save that one for tomorrow. Hope you all have a great rest of your evening. Let's see what the Penguins can do tonight, and we'll talk about that game for tomorrow's episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'll talk to you all then.